You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense, and you're listening to uh, Doug Thorpe. And soon I'm going to introduce you to my guest. His name is Sam Mandel. Sam and I have been talking in the green room, and uh, Sam's got an interesting story. He himself is an entrepreneur, but his work is in a very important and interesting space that I think will be a, a, a help to you and something you might want to know about. So uh, we're going to dive in. Sam, welcome to the show. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So give us that backstory. Tell us a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship and uh, what has happened at your company over its span. Uh, Ten years now, I think you told me, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah it's, we, we were founded in 2014. So it's been about a decade now. It's been quite a journey. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit of your backstory prior to that. What were you involved in? And, uh, you know, how did you kind of shape the idea of what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I grew up acting, actually, since I was nine years old. That's something that I'm still passionate about, that I'm not really active in at the moment. But I pursued it uh, and, and did a fair amount of work over the years up until about three and a half, maybe four years ago when I decided to put it on pause because I was building my career as an actor while I was also building my business at the same time. And it was extremely challenging and stressful. And I didn't feel like I was really getting as far along in either one as I really wanted to. And I was really wearing myself out. So I decided to just put it on pause. Um, but I grew up acting and as an actor, you know, you, even if you're, you know, working a, a fair amount, most actors really need to make money elsewhere because it's just inconsistent. Sometimes it's small money. You don't know when your next check is going to come and you really got to have something else that's a little bit more stable. You know, I think like less than 5% of all actors can actually, you know, make a living just acting. So, uh, I was, I was in the other 95% and, uh, I worked in a lot of different industry. I, I worked in, you know, like so many actors do in the restaurant business. I worked in retail, finance, you know, hospitality. I mean, all, all kinds of different industries. And I always was entrepreneurial, even as, as a young child. I would, you know, walk my neighbor's dogs. I would wash cars in the neighborhood. I would buy a, a big rack of cup of noodle soups at Costco for a few bucks and then sell them, you know, and get 30 of them or whatever and sell them for a couple bucks a piece at school. So I was always, you know, looking for ways to, to do stuff. And um, that's just, I think, naturally in me. Uh, about 10 years ago in 2014, I co-founded Ketamine Clinics Los Angeles with my father, Dr. Stephen Mandel. And we created this clinic together. I'm not a clinician. I'm the I'm the CEO. I, I take care of everything that's not direct clinical work. And uh, we founded this clinic providing ketamine infusions for mental health, which is a relatively new treatment and mostly not very well known. And that's one of the reasons why I'm happy to speak with you today is, you know, to share what it is and how it works and to help educate people on it as an option, because it's an amazing treatment for depression. PTSD, suicidality, and uh, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. And the way we got, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I, I'd like to know more about the gist of, you know, how it manifests itself and, and how, you know, treatments are decided. And because it, it was new to me when I first read your bio. Yeah. And so the way we 
kind of fell into it is just my my so my father's an anesthesiologist and he also has a master's degree in psychology and ketamine is an anesthetic and he you know is an expert at using that and he also had an interest in mental health and I did as well I actually volunteered for a teen to teen suicide prevention line when I was 12 years old and I took calls from kids in crisis a couple of days a week after school and that was some of my early kind of training exposure to people dealing with, you know, suicidal thinking. And I have a lot of friends and and grew up with a lot of friends and family who have struggled with mental health, unfortunately, and addiction and people that I've lost to suicide. And my father, you know, the same for him in terms of just the family, friends, et cetera. So it's a personal issue for both of us, a personal passion. And ketamine is an old anesthetic. It's been around since the 60s. It was uh, FDA approved in 1970 as an anesthetic for humans. And it's also used in veterinary medicine. So people know of it as a horse tranquilizer or a cat tranquilizer. It's also a drug that people use recreationally known as special K. So there's some stigma around it. Some people think it's just a bad street drug. That's just one way that some people use it. Um, it's also a pain reliever and analgesic. It's used in ER departments and uh, in crisis situations to, you know, sedate people or to, you know, relieve them of pain. So it's a very ubiquitous drug, has a lot of different uses, very safe, very effective drug. And in the last 20 years, they started to prove it as a really, really effective treatment for mental health when used in sub anesthetic doses. So much smaller doses than traditionally given through an IV, IV infusion. So it's, you know, a continuous steady rate for about an hour in our clinic. Um, and uh, you come in, you have the IV and you do this uh, six times over three weeks, basically two to three weeks. That's a course of treatment. Um, you know, typically you would come in, do the paperwork, be brought back to a private room, have uh, a, a really comfortable recliner, pillows, blankets, noise canceling headphones, a sleep mask, uh, music with you know lots of relaxing sounds or you know lyric free music, and you have this kind of experience that the ketamine produces, and it, it's a really really powerful medicine because it treats people both psychologically and it also treats them neurochemically on actual you know modifying their brain chemistry. So it's a very very effective treatment. It works in treatment resistant cases. When people are not benefiting from anything else, including, you know, the traditional pills, SSRIs, SNRIs, or even other more invasive treatments or therapies. So it's it's pretty amazing. And when we just heard about the early research, we got really excited, you know, started looking into it, seemed all very positive, started doing it and for some people. And the results were nothing short of miraculous. People who had 10, 20, 30 years of crippling depression within a matter of hours or days felt great. I mean, there's just nothing like that out there. And you see that once or twice, you know, maybe it's a fluke or something, but you see that time and time again, the vast majority of the time in our clinic, more than 80% of the time, you start to go, okay, this is pretty, pretty damn cool. And we got to make this more widely available. And what, what is the lasting effect? You, how long is the treatment regimen say again? Yeah, it's uh, a series of six infusions over two to three weeks. Each okay. infusion is about an hour long. Okay. And what is the, you know, the lasting effect of it? I mean, does somebody have to come back and repeat like a year later or two years later or anything like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So it really varies widely patient to patient. On average, we, we see patients enjoy about three months of relief. 
Uh, some people see a little less, some people see a little more, but that's average. Um, there have been, you know, some outliers on the long end of the spectrum who enjoyed more than two years of relief from one series, which is amazing. And that's that's happened more than once or twice, but it's unusual. And then there are people who have only seen, you know, several weeks before their symptoms come back. Generally, people who are engaged in healthy lifestyle changes that we advocate for are going to get better results you know, taking care of the pillars of wellness, you know, if they're making sure they're prioritizing good sleep, good nutrition, exercise, talk therapy, interpersonal relationships, you know, people really proactively working on those things generally get much better and longer lasting results than people who don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think. And, and by the way, folks, I feel compelled, you know, as a, as a coach, I, 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 this, given this topic, I need to make my big disclaimer. I am not a therapist. And uh, if, uh, if you are someone who is in need of that kind of care or attention, you know, please seek a licensed professional to do so. So uh, please do not take anything we're saying here as uh, certainly not from me anyway, as a uh, particular endorsement one way or the other, but I think it is a, a compelling story that uh, I certainly want to share with the audience here. So, um, well, Sam, let's talk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur. So you've, you've been running this clinic for 10 years. You mentioned to me in the green room that you, it was a bootstrap operation to get going. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, so talk to us about the, the climb that you've been on. Well, it really has been quite a journey. Uh, uh, we started in a really tiny closet of a room. It was about eight by seven feet. And we had a folding table and two folding chairs and two laptops and one desk phone. And that was it. That was our office. <laughs> and outside of that room, there was a OR operating room recovery area and had a bed and a curtain, two beds actually divided by a curtain. And we were in another doctor's office where my father was the head of anesthesiology for this uh, outpatient plastic surgery center. And that's where we started seeing patients. And I built the website myself. I don't know, like a code. I used, you know, GoDaddy website builder, drag and drop modules and just, you know, did a lot of research, read a lot of articles, and of course, you know, conferred with my father because I'm, I'm not a clinician on the accuracy of the information and how it was being kind of put into layman's terms to explain to people what this treatment is and how it works. It was a pretty radical thing at the time. In a lot of regards, it still is seen by, by some people as a pretty radical thing, though it's definitely much more mainstream than it was 10 years ago. And so I, I made this website and started putting together some ideas of how I felt it should look from an operational standpoint. And we we started seeing people. I remember when I showed my father, Dr. Mandel, the website and said, you know, what do you think? How does it look? Da, da, da. I get feedback and so it's great. And I said, all right, well, let's ready to make it live. And he said, sure, I don't think either of us really knew, you know, what was to come. I went and got a, a flip phone, a pay as you go kind of burner phone at Radio Shack. Uh, to, that gives you a sense of kind of where things were at at the time and just activated the phone and put the number on the website and, and hit, hit make it live. And that was really it. It's that simple. We didn't have any investors. We didn't even have a really extensive business plan. 
in the beginning and we didn't have money. I mean, we put, we had a small amount of uh, cash and we put everything on credit cards. And I remember the moment when we got to a point where we were able to actually pay off our credit card balances in full every month. And, and what a victory that was. And I mean, it was really tight for a long time where we were barely making enough to cover the overhead for a while. And that's how we built the business. And, you know, I, I did really literally everything other than treat patients. And we eventually grew to another space, a larger space. We got busy enough to make the, you know, take the leap of faith and, and got a, a clinic of our own, a location of our own, which was 1700 square feet and hired some staff and, you know, some nurses and some admin staff and started to really build out a team and build the business. Then we we moved again about five years ago to 3,600 square feet. And I really wanted to move to larger spaces as opposed to have multiple sites just for the logistical challenge of managing them and the overhead and the cost. And I really was very dedicated to maintaining our quality. We were really known and still are known as delivering really, really high quality care really individualized attention, kind of white glove service, and really felt it was important to maintain that as we grew and that it would be easier in one one location. And the location we moved into about five years ago at the beginning of this year, we expanded it to be uh, uh, 5,000 square feet. And because the adjacent space was available next to us, so we just kind of pushed through the wall and, and took that over. And so that's where we're at now. We have uh, 15 employees, 5,000 square feet. We've expanded our services as well to include uh, some other offerings such as psychiatric medication management, you know, just conventional psychiatry uh, management of people's prescriptions, and then also transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS, which is a, another newer in-office procedure for depression, OCD, and then it has some off-label indications for uh, other mental health conditions as well. So um, when with that, we've gone to network with insurance. So now we take 10 of the largest payers in California for those services that are covered and we're growing and expanding. And it's been really an amazing journey. Um, ketamine is a non-covered service. It's cash pay. And the others are covered by insurance. And, you know, we're looking to just continue to expand to increase access to care, to maintain really a high standard of care uh, and to make a difference in the mental health field in, in LA and beyond really. Well, congratulations on that journey. And uh, for anyone that's that's gone out, stepped out and, you know, opened the doors on a business, you, you can relate to what Sam's describing here. And it is, you know, I, I often tell clients who are, are in the early stages of their business that they got to realize that unlike big business, when you plot the growth and change of a bigger business, you see this kind of smooth graph line, you know, going up. And um, But in small business, it's usually giant chunks, giant steps. It looks like a, you know, giant stair step diagram. And if, for instance, you know, moving from the, uh, the smaller space to the 1700, um, that was a giant step on your curve, you know, then uh, I'm sure money it took to make the move, do the improvements, get it all set up and get it going and even add the people to, to work it right. And, uh, you know, for, for owners, that can be a challenge in and of itself is knowing that you you're feeling anyway that you need to make that change for growth 
but you look at the bank balance and you go, eh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm there yet, you know, and then you, it's a, it's a yin and yang to, to try to get to that place that you can make the, make the play. Do, do you find yourself, Sam, as the years have gone on, is your, is your mindset about making those choices, has it changed? Definitely. I would say we've always put all our profit back into the company. And that's something that we've done to continue to grow and expand. We've had a lot of investors approach us over the years and our space is a rapidly growing kind of hot one right now in a lot of ways. And we've said no to everyone, you know, private equity, venture capital, publicly traded companies, you know, especially coming out of Canada and you know, wealthy individuals and all kinds of different offers. And We've said no to all of it because we haven't wanted to relinquish that control and let someone else come in to what is really our baby. And, you know, so with that, you have to just make money to <laughs> to put it into the company or you have to go get funding from, from elsewhere. And so I definitely started to learn more about the value of taking on, you know, line of credit or a loan and to be able to use that capital to grow the company. Whereas in the beginning, we felt like we really needed to prove it out more and that if we weren't making money, it didn't make sense. And if I could go back, I would have probably taken capital sooner. I think it could have helped us to grow faster and definitely helped me to sleep better. But at the same time, I think there was so much value in doing it the way we did because I learned to run really, I watched every dollar and I still do, frankly. But I watched it like like a hawk, and I really had to think long and hard about what made sense. It did limit me, though. It limited us because I needed to see an immediate return on things, and I couldn't afford not to. Now I'm able to work with a much longer time horizon, and I can make investments in the business today that I know may not net a return for a year or a year and a half, and that's okay. And that's a big deal. And that's a really much, much more confident, powerful position to be in. And that opens up the world of opportunity for growth long-term that was not even possible before. And to be honest with you, after 10 years of doing this, I only feel like we've gotten to that point in the last two years, maybe. And so it's taken a real long time to get there, but that's a really beautiful place to be. And it's a new challenge and a new level of complexity and responsibility it's also just opened up a world of opportunity so i'm grateful for that and that's a that's a pretty cool shift that we've experienced over the last yeah well and in that and, and you're spot on that that part of the journey is uh there's a lot that's been written about the stages of growth in entrepreneurial companies and you, you've got that startup phase and then there's kind of a, a, a scale up phase being able to to really uh, perfect your methodologies your your product your services and then there's a, a growth phase where you can really you know expand things and and move everything forward then eventually you get to the so-called or people use different words for it but kind of a bona fide enterprise phase and at enterprise it, it it's all about the numbers you got a lot more people working you got a lot more reach a lot more volume uh, you know maybe you expand to multiple locations or franchise or those kind of other elements that are possibilities 
but it's um you could argue it's a kind of maturity of of the business and the the growth that's associated with it <clears throat> it's certainly a learning for a founder to to move from that startup guy that was chasing his uh, credit card <laughs> uh to somebody that has that ability to look at long-term opportunity and and see the vision and see the chance for uh additional success. So if you don't mind sharing, what is your big picture vision right now for the business? Yeah, of course. So we were a, I hate to say it this way, but I guess a one trick pony. And we had one service cash pay and, and that was it. And um, it wasn't that we were so in love with the service or it was even so wildly profitable. We, we loved that it was so effective. We were really dedicated to transformation really, really passionate about the impact that we were able to have on people. And it just worked faster, better, and safer than anything else available. When I say it, I'm referring to ketamine infusions for mental health. And in the last year and a half or so, expanding in our services to be more, uh, provide more comprehensive care and to increase access to care because we could get these other, other services covered by insurance. And we had patients coming to us who were benefiting from ketamine, but they still needed support with their medication or some of them didn't benefit. You know, we have an 83% success rate. That's remarkably high, but that still does leave about 17% who don't benefit. And in the past, we just said, hey, you know, we can send you to another provider down the street. Maybe they have another option for you. You can try this, you can try that. But we didn't have anything else to offer them. So now we can say, hey, we can help you with X or Y or Z in-house. So uh, and also a lot of the other providers, they had a really you know long wait, they were really expensive, maybe the care wasn't very good. So we really wanted to be able to continue to take care of our patients. Um, right now, we're dealing with the growing pains of going in network with insurance, which is a very complicated and difficult process to sort through. We're dealing with still establishing these policies and procedures and protocols around these new services restructuring our team and a lot of things to support this. So really a lot of growth and change in a very short period of time. The number one immediate priority is to smooth that all out, make it work really smoothly and well and get that to be kind of well oiled. After that, would love to incorporate other services. Uh, we're very interested in psychedelic medicine. It's a very, very rapidly growing field in mental health. Uh, FDA is likely to approve MDMA for mental health sometime in the middle of next year. MDMA is also known as Molly or ecstasy. It's a drug most people only know of as an illicit street drug, similar to ketamine actually. But in reality, it's an amazing PTSD treatment. And uh, MAPS has been pioneering that research for years. And uh, it's getting very close to actually becoming a legitimate treatment uh, that you can get in a doctor's office that has been proven in this last iteration of its second um, uh, round of phase three clinical trials to be really more effective than anything else on the market for PTSD. So we're excited to incorporate that. There's a lot of exciting research being done with psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. Again, something people think of as, well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about just a bunch of stuff people doing to get high? Well, you know, these, these medicines are powerful and depending on how much you take, what your mindset is and where you take it can have a huge effect on uh, whether it's something that is done just for fun or whether it can actually provide healing and, and transformation. So a lot of exciting research being done with that as well, the psilocybin, and that will also likely be legal in the next few years. Mm. So we'll incorporate it. Ultimately, 
we are dedicated to innovation in mental health and to the latest and greatest technology and <clears throat> medicines that can really help people to heal because the model that we've been operating under, when I say we, I mean the country has been operating under, Western medicine has been operating under, has failed us. Uh, more and more people continue to commit suicide every single year, more than 45,000 in the U.S. alone. Depression is the leading cause of disability in the U.S. It's the leading cause in the world. There's over 300 million people suffering worldwide. Uh, this is a major crisis that's just gotten worse and worse year after year, and it really needs innovation. And so we're excited to be innovators and disruptors in this field. And aside from these exciting new services and treatments, we will open other locations. We'll have other sites to, once we've really dialed in things to a tight place where we are now and we feel good about it, we'll we'll open up other locations uh, so that we can take care of more people. And we'll only do that when we're really confident we can do so without compromising on our quality. And that'll be a, a, another huge uh, step up on that staircase you were illustrating earlier to go from doing what we're doing well in one site and doing it you know, well in another replicating it, that's a big deal. That's real tough and a really high touch service like ours. It's very sensitive. Um, you know, when you do it in a hamburger stand, not to say that there aren't some challenges there, but a little bit different getting guys to, you know, flip the burgers and put the cheese on the same way than when you're talking about something as, as nuanced and complicated as the treatments we're offering and in dealing yeah. with mental health. So, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, congratulations on the journey and, and best wishes on that future. Um, Sam, tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested in knowing more. Sure, yeah. So the website is ketamineclinics.com. That's K-E-T-A-M-I-N-E-C-L-I-N-I-C-S.com. Uh, people can also call 310-270-0625. Inquiries are you know, confidential. Uh, consultations are free. People are curious. They want to learn more. They have questions. Maybe they or someone they care about is suffering. We're, we're really happy to speak with you. And social media. My personal social media is the Sam Mandel. It's the word the. So T-H-E, Sam, S-A-M, Mandel, M-A-N-D-E-L. I'm on all socials with that. And you can reach out to me. I love to talk about this stuff. So I'm more than happy to, you know, to chat with anyone who wants to talk about it. Yeah. That's great. Well, as always, folks, we'll have those links and that information in the show notes. So just click down there uh, below and you'll get that information. So one last time, Sam, thanks for sitting in. Yeah, Doug, thanks for having me. I appreciate you and you know creating a space for people to have conversations like this. You bet. You bet. Well, with that, folks, we're going to bring this to a close. I do like to remind you that if you're listening on your favorite streaming service, we do have a video version of this over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, check it out, and uh, drop me a line. Let me know if there's another topic or a question you want addressed on this show. We'll be happy to bake that in. For now, we're going to sign off. Say goodbye. Go out there. Make it a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.